The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week on the podcast, it's the coolest bar in all of Poland. They take you down a real miner's elevator. You dress up in a hard hat and a full miner's suit. Some people opt to actually do kind of a miner's work for a few hours to finish off their tour. But the best part of it is, of course, this tavern located on the on the mine's lowest level. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my great friend, Sondra Bernstein. And go ahead, Sondra, because I, I, I want to ask Abaddon if he was on a long board or a short board today. Okay, you got it. I will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to uh, introduce my friend, Abaddon who um, I met in Mexico City in November, I think. Was it November? It was November. I think it was late November, December. maybe early December. Yeah, maybe December. Can't even remember. And um, I'm, I'll, as we get into the show, we can talk about how we met. And um, sure. But thank you so much. We're actually talking to Abaddon. He's in Tel Aviv right now. It's late at night. And so I appreciate you letting us do this late at night instead of really, really early in the morning, which I would <laughs> Thank be you guys for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here on your show. Yeah, it's so, um, so, I mean, Mexico City, Tel Aviv, I mean, you've been in a lot of places all over the world. Yes, I have. I've been, I've been uh, very, very uh, fortunate to, uh, to have traveled a little bit and live abroad. So, uh, yeah, I'm a lucky dude. You're a nomad. But where are you well, originally? Where, 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 where'd you grow um, up? So, okay, in a nutshell, I was born in Mexico, but I never lived there until I moved there this uh, April 2017. I grew up between Israel, Venezuela, and Brazil. Wait, and, and why? Um, um, because my dad was working. So, uh, but my mom is Brazilian, and my dad is Uruguayan. Uh, so, you know, I do feel Latin. Um, but we are Jewish, you know, so we came here to Israel. And uh, so right now I'm here. I live in Mexico. I, have, I still pay rent in Mexico. But I, uh, I have a, I started a touring business a year ago, and it went very well until our dear friend Corona came up and kind of uh, screwed up my plans. And so I was sitting home for about two and a half months, and I got sick and tired of it. And um, I kind of felt that my creativity was kind of like not going anywhere. I felt stuck. So I said, you know what, I need to change the ambience. And so I came to Israel to spend a couple of months. I wanted this uh, warm Mediterranean sun and summer and the beach. And so um, uh, I came here, yeah, I came here for, I came here a month and a half ago. I spent, I had to spend two weeks in quarantine, oh, total where? lockdown. 
in um, where you so, are now or a special place? So right now I'm in my parents' place. Okay. And so they uh, they gave me um, they gave me their place so I could uh, stay here. Um, but it was crazy because it's like two weeks where literally you can't go out and you have you know they're tracking your phone you know they come oh. up and they knock on your door and they check and wow. it's not it's a thousand shekel uh, uh, fine if you live that no it's more I think it's like seven thousand which is about. Uh, Almost two thousand dollars. So oh yeah, they take it seriously here. Uh-huh. Um, so wait, wait, what is that like? So you you get off the plane. Do, do you like have to go through like a special part of the terminal or? Okay, so it was it was crazy. Huh? I'll be honest. So I flew from Mexico City. It was a forty. Oh, ordeal left. So I flew from Mexico City to Houston. I had to spend there about like twenty hours. And then I flew to Newark. I had to spend there another six hours. And then I flew to Israel, which was about a 10-hour flight. Um, so I get, well. Wow, and, and if you didn't have the coronavirus before you left, you had it now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I spent it two weeks, you know, like, like close. But it was kind of crazy, you know. I saw people all wearing white, you know, flying with, like, their biohazard suits. And oh, my it was, God. It was weird, man. It was like, like, end of end of the end of, how do you say like end of time you know it was really, yeah, really apoc- apoc- experience. Apoc- apocalyptic apocalyptic exactly. oh my god yeah it's and apocalypse then, and chupacabra mixed together there Sandra. oh my god uh, you, you know that show the like preppers on national geographic the show about like people that prep you know for you know, end day scenario. It could be like, you know, like a pandemia right now or like riots or whatnot. And they prepare, you know, they have like, like shelters and food. And, oh. you know, you watch that show and you're like, oh my God, you know, these people, you know, they invest all this money and time, you know, come on. And now, you know, like, mm, maybe they know something that we don't know. Yeah, but, I was uh, actually, I was thinking about that today because we had our first fire. So wildfire season kind of starts in October. We had our first fire a few days ago. Norbom. And I was like, oh my, oh my yeah. God, you know, do I need to think about, you know, getting all that planned together? It's just one thing after another here. And actually, before the fires, we're going to have the power shutdowns. So that, oh that'll start happening. It's, um, it is like an apocalypse, really, kind it of. Yeah. But you were, you were going to a house where, like, there probably wasn't anything in the fridge or anything, right? So, like, no, no, my, my, uh, no my parents, my parents, they hooked me up. Like, Aww. I have a, oh, nice. I have, I have an ocean view. Uh, like, I would love to show it to you right now, but it's already dark. But I have an ocean view. I have, like, a really... Uh, I've, uh, see, I've seen that view. You've sent me that picture, I think. Yeah, i see the picture. It's pretty yeah. nice here, so I can't complain. But, uh, but you're Brian, you were asking me, so... I me? think you're spoiled. I think your parents spoil <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, they have spoiled me, I'll be honest. That's what you're but supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, so... It wasn't like it was an operation to kind of like to come here, you know. So, um, you know, once I decided to come, it was on a Sunday, and I was I was talking to my parents. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna come, and they were like, okay, we're on it. And so, 
like I went on Monday, I went to Valle de Bravo. I went to uh, uh, a really good friend of mine. Uh, he has a farm. He, he has the best organic like vegetables you've oh. ever seen in your life, like trouts. It, it's unbelievable. So I spent there like the whole week. I bought the ticket on Wednesday, got back to Mexico on Thursday night, and then flew on Friday morning. So it was just like oh, crazy, oh. crazy. Um, but Brian, you were asking me about the terminal stuff. So when, when I landed in Israel, there was a soldier that came on board and he announced that, okay, it was a United flight. So um, only Israelis are permitted to enter Israel right now. You can't, like, you can't travel to Israel. So an, an Israeli soldier came up and he's like, you know, so this is what's going to happen. He's like, you got to form a line uh, when you come out. Um, you're going to have to fill this uh, questionnaire. Uh, we're going to check you. I saw some people, they were taking them to like, to have the Corona test. Um, you had to fill online. You had to declare where you're going to stay. And if you didn't have a place to stay, they would take you to a hotel, like a special quarantine hotel. Oh my God. Um, which I heard is terrible because you're literally <laughs> locked down for like, two weeks in a room and you can't get out, you know. It's like, Do they feed you there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah they give you food? Yeah, 100%. And um, then, like, you have to sign it and you have to, and you have to, like, say that, you know, you're not going to leave and if you're going to leave, you're submitted to a fine. And so, you know, I came, I spent two weeks here and uh, at my parents. Um, what did uh, you do? Department. What were you doing? TV? I read a lot. I read a lot. Uh, I did yoga. I meditated. I watched. I finished Sopranos for the first time. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, pretty you, much. Did I don't you know. Cook? Were, you, were you cooking yeah, a lot? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was cooking. I, I was cooking. So my parents, they would like, you know, knock on the door and it would leave groceries in the entrance, you know, uh, which was kind of cute. Um, but still today, so after, you know, I'm out of the quarantine, you know, my parents, they're on the older side, you know, so we're here keeping distance and, you know, wearing masks and whatnot. So uh, it's kind of weird. Um, but overall, it's pretty cool. I already got, I came, I got out on a, on a Sunday and then I, on Tuesday, I already started working, actually. Um, really? There's an Israeli company here called Tres Pesos. And they do um, Mexican food, actually. Uh, they like <laughs> they, they make tortillas. They make you know salsas. You know they bring all the all the materials from Mexico and they produce it down here. Um, and so they they hire me as like an external like advisor. You know, so um, I'm pretty lucky. You know, there's like a million people here unemployed, and literally like I walk out of quarantine into like a job. You know. Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky. I'm sure there's probably not a lot of qualified Israelis that can just like walk into a Mexican food production place. Yeah, but hundred uh, percent, it is it is a process. And the uh, owners, you know, he like one of the owners. He wrote a book about Mexico. He like he's been to Mexico like 25 times. You know, he's like obsessed with Mexico. Um, and he came to Mexico. He visited me twice. And so uh, he, you know, he told me, okay, if you're coming, you know what, it'll be cool having you around and having your input. So uh, yeah, so everything worked out. 
And also, I was telling you before, you know, um, in Mexico, the situation when I was there, it was terrible. It you know, was. It felt, like the, the sensation, I guess everywhere was, you know, but, you know, Mexico City, I mean, Sandra, you've been there, you know, it's a hectic city, you know, it's big. Mm -hmm. It's busy. You know, and, everywhere. And, and, exactly. And it felt like a, like a never-ending Sunday on a Christmas day, you know what I mean? Like nobody. Yeah. I mean, you wow. did see some people like a little, like some of the taco stands and whatnot, but, but in general, like the, the sensation was so eerie. Like I hated it, you know, it was, it was terrible. And um, I felt like my, kind of my inspiration kind of died, you know, and yeah, that's why I came to Israel. You know, I just needed some vitamin D to serve and see family and friends. And, you know, it's been, It's been really like it's been a blessing, I'll be honest. And I'm working now on a new project for Mexico, so I'm nice. I'm pretty stoked as well. <laughs> so um, this is crazy. Today I got an email at an hour ago from Casa Galeana, where I stayed in Mexico yeah, City, telling me they're welcoming me back and all of the things they're doing. But How crazy is that, that I got that email today when I'm talking to you? It's too crazy. It's crazy. It is. But it's I, I mean, listen, the thing with Mexico, you have to understand that from the get-go, the situation there, was they didn't manage it well, you know? And so, you know, around late April, early May, they were saying that's going to be like the peak, you know? But, But I you look have... Every day, You had an article that came out in February. Right. I, I read an article that was taught. I know I had to look up some stuff. But th was COVID there in February? No. So that's an interesting article. Oh, it was China. Yeah. So I had a guest uh, from Korea. And so I was kind of like, you know, like itchish about it. And so I, you know, I use Airbnb as my main platform, you know, so. We should um, tell people what you do, actually. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you do, but we're like, <laughs> we jumped ahead. Course, or, or like what he, what he did before he what worked he for before, the. Yeah. 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 So uh, Sandra and myself, uh, Sandra was my guest. I have a taco tour. It's called the Taco Mensch. Uh, and I've been doing it uh, for the past year. And it is uh, considered to be on the top 10% of the Airbnb experiences in the world. So I'm pretty stoked uh -huh. about that. Um, and what I do is basically I take people and show them around, you know. Uh, drink and, mezcal. Uh, we talk and we eat tacos and we drink mezcal and, you know, we talk about life and we talk about food and, you know, it's just fun. And um, I basically get paid to be myself. You know, so uh, it's pretty cool job. And unfortunately, you know, Corona started and it just like, it died. I mean, I know it will pick up once again, you know, like later on, but you know, today I'm focusing on other stuff. Um, but that article that you were talking about, Sanja, I had a guest and I have a very, very good friend, uh, Amy, Emily Green. And she is, uh, she's a reporter for Vice. She's a freelance reporter. She, she actually won a Pulitzer uh, a couple of months ago. Wow. Uh, and so she did this. I was talking to her and I was telling her about this, you know, what happened. You know, I had this guest from Korea and, you know, I was kind of like freaking out. Should I, 
should I take him or not? You know, it was right in the beginning, you know, like it was mid-February, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, it ended up to be like a great, great, great tour. Uh, And he flew back to Korea. Like he was living in the States and he was moving back to Korea. And after the tour, he literally went to the airport to go to Korea, you know. And so I I was, I had a doubt about what I'm going to do, you know, like if I, I mean, you got to be on the safe side. I think, I think, you know, you have to consider all of that. I mean, if that's where it's starting and, you know, personal safety, especially you're in a business with people, you know, what happens the next day, what happens to the purveyors that you go to visit and, so it's scary stuff. It, it, it is scary. And, and, but slowly, you know, to March, you start seeing, you know, how people, before the government even starts saying, you know, you got to, like, stay home, uh, people understood that something is, is, is not, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something still fishy, you know what I mean? And so people started, you know, staying at home and, and people going to Costco and like, you know, and buying stuff. And um, so it was really, really, really strange, strange and eerie like time. Um, but the thing is, because Mexico, you know, 50% of its economy is uh, like a non-formal economy, you know. You know, Miguel, if he doesn't open his taco stand, he's going to die from hunger before he's going to die from COVID. Right. So, I mean, and, and people were saying, you know, that like the government was saying that around, you know, end of April, early uh, May, the like the peak of of like of the, the disease. But now it's like booming. OK, it is unbelievable. And now they reopen the country, basically, like all, everybody's open still. Yeah, right like, now? like right now, like last week, everybody started to opening again, like restaurants, malls. Obviously, you're using some sort of like, you know, uh, uh, social distance or whatnot. But still, I mean, Mexico City, it's, it's fun to be like a, a place for a pandemic. You know, it's, there's like 30 million people there. You know, it's no joke. And uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. And here... In Israel, the situation is also kind of crazy because everything was under control and then they opened again, but they opened really fast and everything. And so the numbers are going up again. And so they're starting to put like, you know, kind of like locks. Um, And there was a big, big manifestation on Saturday. Almost all businesses like... um, restaurant businesses, you know, like owners, bars, uh, hotels, uh, venue uh, owners, uh, you know, everybody that comes from this, you know, business of um, hosting and whatnot, uh, they were demonstrating, they were protesting because the government uh, was supposed to help them financially. Uh, And unfortunately, those funds they haven't received it. And now they have all these regulations about, you know, a restaurant that needs, you can only have 20 people inside and 30 people outside. Not all restaurants have this, the capacity to do this, you know? Right. And so, right. you know, I go to Tel Aviv and Tel Aviv is a vibrant, vibrant city and it's empty. And you see all like rent signs on all these restaurants. And so, it is set time, and it is set time to the industry that we love so much, you know. 
So uh, like for myself right now, I'm working on the new project for Mexico and it's also in food. And um, so I'm going to do a ghost kitchen. I think that's the future, you know? Yeah. Having a place where you could, you know, manufacture something and deliver it out, you know? Send it out. You don't have the contact with nobody. If it's going to be like an amazing thing, maybe I'll have like a small storefront, you know? Mm-hmm. But from the get go, it's going to be like a ghost kitchen, yeah, you know, where yeah. I'll produce, you know? Um, it, 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 it's challenging so much, you know? Why did you decide to do tacos? Like, was like, uh, yeah, how did you I pick love that? tacos. I yeah. love tacos. I just love it. You know, all my life I was obsessed. Um, you, you know a little bit of my story, Sandra, but, you know, I worked in the industry for 15 years. and But I've always been exposed to food since, the, since I was a kid. But uh, Mexican food always was like my love. Um, and so in Mexico, there's so much options, you know, everything you put on top of the tortilla, it's a taco, you know? So you have like so much stuff, you know, so much tacos and you like, if I'm a tourist that comes to visit, you know, it's like, where do I go? And so, and people, you know, uh, they, they, they look for somebody to, to take them and show them around, you know? And like, so I take my guests to the places. I love to eat, you know? And so I kind of like save them those tourist traps, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, taco, like Mexican food in general is, it's endless and it's so ancient, you know? And is and like, you see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was us at the Mescal place. Yes, I love that photo. I do too. You look so devilish. Mm-hmm. We had a cuprieta there, a mezcal made out of cuprieta. Yeah, I love that mezcal. So, um, I I don't know. Mexican food is is just it, it fascinates me, you know. And uh, it's it's also there's a lot of hype about Mexican food, you know, in the last couple of years. You know, you have uh. And Rivera opening like a restaurant in New York, you know, and Puyol, and all this really cool things going on in Mexico City. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like I, I want to take part of it, you know, on my own terms. I don't want to be like in a restaurant or you know. I got tired of being in a restaurant, you know. Uh, it, it's it's tough. It's like it's a hard life, you know. Uh, Art. But, so when I was there. It was my first day, and I met you at the corner outside of like the depart. Like it was a department Sears. store, I think. It was a Sears store. A Sears store, <laughs> and I was dying by the end of the day. You walked me <laughs> more than I had walked in like six months. I was like, oh and my god! And you came with with flip flops, you know. I, I should have like. Well, yeah. I mean, it does say bring comfortable shoes. But, but, uh, but flip-flops are my most comfortable shoes. But, but honestly, we went everywhere. I mean, right. Ryan, the tacos, I was like, every time, it was like, oh, my God. And then the next time, oh, my God. Like, every single one was amazing. We, were, we had fun that day. It was just like, it was really like my first day, I went 
you know, I kind of just randomly picked Mexico City. I don't know, you know, just always appealed to me. And I was like, I'm going to go. And then I'm like being really independently daring, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this. But it was so fascinating to have the tacos with you the first day. And then I had the tacos at Pujol. I did their 10-course right. taco meal. And honestly, most of the tacos I had with you were better. I think they were <laughs> real. They were like, you could feel the people. Um, right. And they didn't have to try so hard. They were just the flavors. Yeah, it was authentic. And, yeah, and my very last day, I don't know if I told you this afterwards, I was going to go to... Um, something La Maze, and I ended up at um, Expedio de Maze. Yeah, 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 of course. Oh, it's my God. Oh, my God. He's a genius, a genius. Yeah. And I had no money. I didn't know they didn't take credit cards. Um, and so they, they bring you the food, and then they bring you another dish. Are you still hungry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring it. Yeah, there's no menu. No they menu. Just feed you. Yeah, what do you like? And then I got to this thing and I'm, I'm like, who is this guy? This guy is amazing, these flavors. And it says, no credit cards. And I'm like, oh shit. And I go into my bag and I have coins. I have no idea how much they're worth, nothing. And I look at him, I go, I, I am so sorry. I'm like, I will leave all my stuff and I'll go find a bank. He goes, no, lady, it's okay, it's okay. You know, he's like totally like, um, you know, like Bob Marley, you know, the hair and the whole, oh, it was so good. And then my friend it, told it me, cool Elsie, yeah, she was going to pay him the next week. But, um, yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, here, we live in a very mixed um you know, society, you know, a lot of Latino and Hispanics. And so we have some of that diversity and, but it's different. It's different there. Mexican food in the States tastes different. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I think, I mean, like Mexicans in the States, they kind of made their, like their flavors kind of to, uh, uh, they have evolved so they could suit the American palate in a right, way. Right, right. You know? So if you want, like, the real stuff, you got to go to Mexico. Yeah. You yeah. know? Brian, have you been to Mexico? Only to, um, you know, when I was a kid, I think we were in Ensenada. And then as, as a teenager in my early 20s in uh, Puerto Vallarta, but never been to Mexico City. Uh. Just basically somewhere, you, you know, with a beach. somewhere somewhere with a hotel and a beach to just yeah. kind of hang out and you know yeah. cheaper than going to hawaii but um no i eat mexican food all the time my my daughter is she's a little latina i think she's like <laughs> definitely that's her flavor profile is is uh, maria's is, first boyfriend before you uh, what <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, and Maria's cousin is like that too, where she just, she just growing up, that's what she always craved. And, you know, we're, we're lucky where we live because we can get um, Mexican food a lot. And Sandra, yeah, I just noticed, awesome. um, and then um, Avidan, I work in Boys Hot Springs. So it's, um, I don't know if you know, 
it's a very Latin area. And the Fairmont Hotel there is basically in the middle of this area. And it's it's strange because you you walk off of the property and it's taco you're trucks. In it's, it's like you're in the barrio. Right. Um, yeah. and, but Sandra, I noticed the other day that- They started um, construction. For what? At Noodle Spring, at the old- At, so at, no, I was thinking, you know, remember where Garrett was for uh, West Burgers? Yes. So someone else moved in there. So I was Esteban. like- Esteban, it's Esteban. Seriously? So I'm thinking, yes. okay, you're surrounded by, you're surrounded by Mexican restaurants and taco trucks. So a, a space becomes available that was a burger joint. What do you do? You turn it into a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> they're doing, they're actually doing really well. I was like, I mean, no, no, not another Mexican COVID. restaurant. Yeah, they opened during COVID, which yeah. was really interesting, but. Um, well, Esteban though, isn't you Mexican. You a walk-in, a walk-in. Oh, uh, is that how you say it? Oaxacan. Oaxacan. Oaxaca. Oaxaca. I want to go there. Um, and I keep going, can Americans go to Mexico now? I don't know. Everybody can come to Mexico. <laughs> I guess, well, not everybody. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no issues. Uh, I, I, I mean, there is a, like a travel warning, like, uh, mm -hmm. from the, from the, uh, from the state department. And, yeah. Uh, for, for us citizens, uh, but the border is open. I mean, the the land border is closed, but you could fly in. Fly in. Now, what, you know, in Tel Aviv, I mean, obviously it's a very metropolitan city. Um, yes, yes. And I remember like some of my, I was in Israel once and we toured about, but the meal that I loved the most was when they rolled the cart to the table and it had all the meze on it, you know, like a little bowl of, of this, yes. a little bowl of that. Is that, do they still do that? So they don't, they don't bring a cart. They oh. bring, you have like the, you have like the big tray, you know, and they go like this. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> do you pick from amazing. it or they bring all of it? No, they everything. bring it all. So, okay. So the way it works is that you can only you can order only that, and it would have an X price on it. But if you order uh, like a main dish, mm. you could have all the all the all the meze for like for like half of the of the price. Mm. And so we we call it when we go through those places, uh, we call them. It's like uh, we say, uh, let's open a table. Because it's like, you know, we, we're open like a big table, you know, it's like all plates and we order everything. Mm -hmm. And usually it's all the, you know, all the, the, the chicken hearts and chicken liver and chicken thigh and shish kebab and oh my God. Oh, oh I know. Uh, I know. It's, but, it's, but like so many vegetables too. I mean, all and the are, oh my God. I'd like it, to do it, that restaurant. I could, I guess if I did another restaurant, that would be fun to do. Tel Aviv is, is uh, I don't know if it's still considered to be, but I know that last year it was considered to be the uh, number one vegan city in the world. Like vegan friendly city wow. in the world. Wow. Now yeah. vegan friendly just with vegetables? Are they doing like substitute meats and fish and... 
not well. I mean, I mean, the substances meat. I'll be honest. I haven't seen it. Like you know, the Beyond Meat and the Impossible. Yeah. Uh, I saw just a little bit of it, mm -hmm. but I didn't see it like in any restaurant. Um, but mainly because the regular street food is vegan. You know, falafel. It's chicken. Right. You know. Right. And 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 you have hummus and you have sabich and you have like so much variations, you know, which is plain vegetables. You know, we eat here like for breakfast, you eat a salad. You oh. know, it's like really? you eat a salad. Like, yeah, you eat a vegetable salad. You, like we call it an Israeli salad. It's just like you know, like tomato, uh, uh, cucumbers. It's like little brinois of you know, um, of the vegetables. Uh, sometimes you could add like onions. I mean, that sounds a, really boring. It, it is boring, but with a little bit of olive oil, <laughs> uh, but next to some really good cottage cheese and okay. like fresh bread, you know. And okay. so that's a breakfast and yeah. eggs. That's that's a typical breakfast. Um, but then when you go to Mexico, you know they have their tamal inside of their bread. And you know, and the drink that atole I gave you to try, you know, it's yes. like it's, I didn't love that. I tried. I, to I don't it. like it that much. I don't like yeah. it that much either. But um, it, I mean, again, you know, in many places, food needs to serve its purpose. You know, right. it's true for right. everybody. Um, but here you keep it light. You know, what's it's your like, favorite to eat there? Well. I mean, wow. is there something like typically um, Israeli? Well, I love I like everything. So now there's a big, big trend. And actually, this chef he opened up in New York, in Paris, in uh, Sydney, Australia. He has one in the uh, what's that market in New York? Uh, Chelsea Market. Chelsea Market. Oh, yeah, I've eaten there. Yeah, Ms. Non. Like his yes! cauliflower. Yes, that cauliflower. Oh. Yeah. I that took like, my mother there, and like, oh my god! One, it was like the number one dish for like 2018, oh. you know. And it's that like, cauliflower, Brian, they—I think they boil it first, yes. or they boil yes. it, and then they put it in like a five or six hundred degree oven. And With a little bit of olive oil and sea salt. Yeah, and that's, that's it. it. And it gets like crusty and. It's still really moist in the middle and crusty on the outside. Right. They serve it with. But, but it's a fast food place. It's like yes. you, get, you order your thing, you, you yeah. have different pitas, like, you yeah, know, like lamb like, kebab. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, you, and you can so order funny. like a side. And so, like, his place, I like it very much, but that's like more on the high end of a pizza mm -hmm. because it's expensive mm -hmm. for a pizza. Uh, like, yesterday, for instance, I went, you know, uh, here in Israel, there's a lot of influence, you know, Israeli, okay, let's go back to basics. Israeli <laughs> cuisine is something new, okay, because, you know, Israel is a, is a young country, you know, so the cuisine has evolved from, you know, all the influence from the countries around us and from all the Jews that came here from different places, you know, from North Africa, from Iraq, from Iran, uh, from Yemen, from Europe. And so it has evolved into this modern Israeli cuisine, right? Michael mm -hmm. um, Salomonov in Zahav, you know, in Philadelphia, he captures that essence, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but so 
for me, that pita is also that like that modern twist. So yesterday I had uh, uh, this lady from, uh, she is uh, an Iraqi Jew. Uh, so she has this little stand and she makes all this uh, dishes, like typical Iraqi dishes. And she makes this, um, like this vegetable omelet. It's like a lot of greens, basically. But she puts it inside of a pita bread and she spreads the hummus and she puts this like, oh. like a shug, which is this like spicy, like, uh, like, a, like a spicy sauce. And, you know, she puts the omelet inside. It's just delicious. Oh. And it's so fresh, you know. Yeah, my, my uh, mouth is watering. I'm like, oh my God. And, and it's like, and it's, that's like, that's like, like the taco here, you know. It's like, yeah. it's so cheap and, and affordable. Yeah. And, but, but so, so comforting and like wholesome at the same time, you know. So, um, yeah, food here is amazing. But, but I haven't. I haven't really gone out that much, I'll be honest. You know, the situation is kind of like iffy. So I went to eat tacos, actually. <laughs> you might find it funny, but I have a good friend. He has a restaurant called Mezcal. You know, he's been open for like 12 years now, and he lived in Mexico for many, many years. He's like the most authentic, uh, like, Mexican food in Israel that you can get. And uh, Ziz, the owner, he came to visit me with his uh, chef uh, last year. And um, we went and explored, you know, and they came back inspired. And so I went for uh, last Tuesday for Taco Tuesday and it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, I thought I was in Mexico, you know. Wow. Um, it was really, really good. But uh, other than that, I haven't really like, like going out. I'm, I'm going to the beach every day. That's what I'm doing, <laughs> you know. I'm, like I finish work and I go and if there are ways, even better. And so, back to your question, Brian, I was surfing on a fish today. And, on a what? On a, like, I had a fish. It was not a short board, not a long board, a fish. A quad fish. Quad, okay. And, and yeah, what, what body of water are you on? Mediterranean Sea. But we are right at the end of the Mediterranean Sea. So, to get, like, a really good swell... You need a lot of factors that Mother Nature needs to provide in order to have like a nice okay. wave to ride on. Right. Uh, but today, everything worked out. It was magical. So I had like a like a late night session, like well, uh, uh, not a late night, but like like an evening session, you know, uh, from about 5 p.m. until 8:30 when it was like pitch dark. Wow. It was just amazing, amazing. And are you and wearing so, a wetsuit or is the water warm enough? You're just out there in board nah, shorts. it's super warm. It's super, but we have a lot of jellyfish today. Like there's a, like, uh, it's, it's a jellyfish season. So it's kind of like, you see a lot of, of guys that like wearing tights underneath their shorts, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, no, it's warm. It's, it's, oof, it's so hot here. It's uh, like 90 degrees. Well, and, but it's there's some humidity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's, like, it's yeah. like Miami style, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's like hmm. yeah, you take a shower and you go out, and then you need to take a shower again. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. That when you get off, when it's those really hot days, you get out of the shower, and you know, you dry off, and then and then you go to put your shirt on, you're like, oh wait, did I forget to dry off my back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. No, no, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Israeli summer. But I haven't been I haven't been uh, in an Israeli summer 
for the past three years since I moved to Mexico. And I, last time I went to the beach was last year, and it was in Tulum, uh, which was really fun. Oh, and, yeah. But uh, when I went, um, they had the sargasso problem, you know, the seaweed. Oh. Like mounts of seaweed, you know, like you couldn't see the Caribbean Sea. It was all dark. Wow. It was, and it stinks. Uh, yeah. And it's crazy. And it comes from the Amazon. Oh. So it's um, it's super crazy. It's like because they're planting soy soya beans in in the Amazon, mm -hmm. and they're using all this like uh, pesticides and chemicals. Um, it goes into the river, and then it gets into the Atlantic Ocean. And so the seaweed that usually takes you know like a long time to grow, mm -hmm. it grows like it's like a mutant. You know, it grows like wow. really big. And the current takes it up to like up to the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean, uh -huh. and so it gets stuck, you know, like all the way from Cancun down to like Tulum, and it was it it, it almost killed the the hotel industry uh, last uh -huh. year because it was two wow. years of that, you know, it was terrible, and um, you know, like the the government of Quintana Roo, like the state of uh, where Tulum is. They invested a lot of money to, you know, what to do with it, you know, because right. you could make like bio diesel out of it, and and so, it, it, anyway, it was crazy. Like, so I need to go back there when I go back to Mexico for sure. Um, but yeah, that I mean, it's strange times in general, and you know, you got to navigate into it, you know. Like, what about you, Sandra? What 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 are you up to? Oh my goodness. Um, what are we? I'm pretty much sheltered at home. I am, uh, I walk every day, um, take the dogs at like 6, 6.30 before there's really any people out. I've been okay. to work since we closed before the, manda the mandate. Um, okay. I, we were so busy and I just freaked out because we kept hearing all this news and we have a lot of tourists and I just felt like, oh, actually what happened is somebody called me to tell me that they saw one of my staff members grab the silverware from the wrong end. Like they actually okay. called me and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot manage every person's actions in this. And if I'm getting a call like that before, like it's really mainstream, how are we going to keep people safe if it, you know, I mean, and it was, they shouldn't have done that, but the fact that someone called me at home was kind of crazy. So we shut down, we stayed closed for a while. We opened one restaurant for to go and that's still happening to go. Oh, Sandra, um, just, I want to mention that it's weird driving by your restaurant, the fig cafe, because you have those, things out on the street that says closed. It doesn't say, there's two little, those little folding things like police put out when there, there's an accident. Yeah. Where they're out on the street and they both have signs that just say closed. And so it makes it seem like the Fig Cafe is closed where if it said curbside pickup only or something like that, then- I have no idea, but I'll find out what that's about. When I'm you sure come, they're using it to save the spots for parking. 
that's what they're doing. But it, if if I was a person visiting and I drove by the restaurant, I would think, oh, the Fig Cafe is closed. Well, you have nothing to do. Can you make me some banners or something? Next time I drive by, I'll just I'll just rip yeah, the clothes signs off yeah, of there. Or it should have yeah, like hours doing, or something. Yeah. We're doing to go there. And then um, at the Girl and the Fig, we opened maybe a month ago, just outside, nobody inside. Um, and the city is allowing us to let have tables on the street. So from mm -hmm. us doing having 166 seats, we now have about 55, 60 seats. And then we just opened another 40 seats on the plaza across the square. Okay. It's so much work. Um, you know, it was the first week this week. We're going to give it a try for a couple more weeks. But honestly, I don't know if it's financially feasible um, for how many employees it takes to set it up, set up the kitchen, do everything, break it down. And the city's trying to be very helpful, but, you know, it's only Thursday through midday Sunday. Um, you know, there's just too many rules and right. we, but people um, are coming out or people are coming to the restaurant. Yeah. Oh, very, very busy. I mean, yesterday we did 350 people all day. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, and that's turning tables like, I don't know, five times throughout the day, but wow. I am today, they shut down all of California inside dining. Um, we got the message yesterday for today, but we're not inside anywhere. Um, and our catering has gone up and down. We've lost about, I don't know, 75, 80 weddings, some that we've moved to next year. So our catering business is like in the t tank. Why, why don't you do like, uh, I know a lot of catering, they, they're doing like, you know, food and they sell food for like weekends, you know, like, uh like picnic baskets and stuff like that. Maybe we're do, we're I, I don't know if it's Yeah, we're doing some of that. We're doing that for the wineries. And right now there's just so many options. You know, um, it was not that many in the beginning and then people started figuring it out. And then the government, um, we got a big chunk of um, federal money that you know that's been kind of nerve-wracking because it's gone back and forth how you have to use the money how many people you have to have and how much but at least you got you got money here yes. in Israel to ding yes I, I don't think we would be open if we didn't get the money i i think so i think knowing how much we've spent so far out of that money i don't i don't know yeah, so I, right. you know, it's really a lot of our staff don't want to come back. Um, well, that will that will change in two in weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Unemployment. Yeah. They gave so much money, extra money for people, so people can make like a thousand dollars now a week from really? unemployment. Yeah, and so people wow. are making more money staying home than if they got their job. And that's that's what I was doing until I got called no, back. I don't I don't yeah. blame you. I yeah. don't blame you. And um, but that's going to end in two like, weeks. Maybe. So. Maybe. You think maybe? Well, I think depending how bad it gets over the next couple of weeks, they may yeah. keep going. Yeah. What What yeah. do you see? How do you 
forecast the future of the industry like it, it is it is a wild forecast yeah. but like like how do you see it like i mean we're gonna have to live with this for Until a while have a vaccine it's gonna yeah. be a while yeah so, well even even with a vaccine you know last night i was on, on the way home I was listening to npr there was first danny meyer was on um which was interesting he was talking about um how restaurants need to be running at 80 percent occupancy or at 80 percent when you're running them at 50 percent makes no business sense you yeah, can't make money yeah. said he'd love to do that but they also had on a guy who was working on a vaccine and he says that this thing has mutated uh probably three or four times and then he thinks that he was in china in december of last year he thinks that he got it and he tested himself for antibodies in april and they were undetectable so he thinks that someone who's even has it that has the antibodies that it sort of goes away so he thinks he was saying that he he envisions it being more like the flu to where every year we'll be getting uh, a flu shot yeah. we'll get a the covid 19 shot and it'll have all the different strains in there but it was kind of like this is something we're just going to have to live with and that's yeah. that's a shocking reality if you look at what's going on right now in right. the world is that yeah. that means that we're all going to have to learn to just live around this so that we are going to have to open up i don't think it's around this it's like with it right you know? right yeah i um actually just there was an article um a harvard professor invented this mist it's like a misting machine that you know it i don't know how it works but it sprays out like a mist and you put your face over it and it must do something to like coat your membranes in your nose and it is being 99 percent effective that you don't get the virus like he's been testing it's not out yet it's going to come out in september um but there are so many things i i don't know it's been hard because this isn't the business i signed up for you know um where you can't see people's real faces you can't see smiles um exactly. you can't hug people when you see them you can't you know, we're making decisions on food that, you know, we wouldn't have served, you know, five years we, ago. We, we've been breaking bread, you know, together, yes. you know, since the Forever. beginning of time, you know. And so the fact that, you know, you could break bread, but it's got to be uh, two feet uh, like apart and like, you know, with a mask. And yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's um yeah i i don't know i think we're gonna lose well we're already losing a lot a lot of businesses um and i think we haven't seen anything yet i think um you know we've strategized a lot with the money um in the beginning it was like shut it down completely shut as much right. down lay everybody off let them understand this is for having a business to come back to when it's over um and we're just trying to hang on and i think everything we try if it's not financially feasible it gets shut down you know so we've tried so many things we had our um our food truck out at the high school 
um, you know, and it was good some days, but some days it costs more to have it there. Yeah. And it's, it's just, we can't afford to lose any money whatsoever. So um, I think June, we might have broken even, and that's really hustling. And um, I don't know, maybe July, we'll see. But I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm so ready to retire. I'm just like, I'm so ready. Well, you told me that. You told me that last I, year. I did. And I'm so here I am. I'm like, so I'm not at work, but I am doing all our social media. I'm, you know, changing the menus every time, um, you know, because it's changing constantly. I'm dealing, you know, with our newsletters and, you know, doing whatever I can do from home. Yeah. Right. I miss, I miss the staff. I miss seeing them, but I'm not going to take a chance. I mean, right. I have to think about what is more important. Is my business worth dying over? And it's not, it's not for yeah. me. You know, I, I, I think I, I have it. to, yeah. I don't know. I know then, you're miserable, Brian. There's just a lot of people that don't have that option though too is that you know a lot I of know. us i've been in service industry for 30 plus years this is what i do i i'm it's food and wine yeah. and and i'm i'm looking at what it's gonna what it's gonna look like over the next six months or a year and it, it's um you know even if we open up full board people coming back you know aren't we're not going to bring everyone back. So people that are service professionals, people that do catering banquets, all of those things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I was asked to come back a little bit early because then all, I know that I will at least have a job when we reopen, but there's a lot of people that I think aren't going to be asked to come back. And a lot of uh, brick and mortar retail places. I mean, everyone has sort of learned over the last three and a half months that they can order pretty much everything they want online. They can have food, groceries delivered to their house. They can they can order their clothes and anything you need can can get delivered. So then that means but those, you can order an interaction. Right. Yeah, but all of, you know, all the businesses that you know that people would go visit, what's the point of them staying open? And then it means right. there's a big flip to automated because if if everything's mm -hmm. getting ordered on Amazon, then it's it's people in warehouses and robot arms that are doing a lot of that work. So what are these people going to do? I don't. What is going to be the job opportunities for people in the next six months or a year? And I, I, I mean, today was a kind of a, a, a day where I started thinking when I was talking to Mark, the, the, the other Psalm from uh, the Fairmont. Yeah, you have to we're trying to put it yeah. together. And, you know, he was doing wine tours. So he said, you know, I'm getting a lot of inquiries for doing wine tours. Are you interested in, in doing them? And I said, you know, I, I think it's a viable business right now just because people that are coming to visit, they're not sure who's open, what what are the rules, all that stuff. I think they would be willing to pay for someone to take them around and do the tour, but who's driving? So you're just telling me I'm gonna be in a car with people from different parts of the United States or around the world for, you know, maybe two or three hours out of the day. Um, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. And even if you have the windows down in the car, I mean, it's a hundred degrees the last couple of days. Right. So you're going to tell people we have to have the windows down and you're, you're dying. Well, not uh, only that, you have to taste outside. And if it's 95 degrees, I mean, that's right. not, I, I have no desire to drink red wine when it's that hot. 
Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Just not happening. Maybe yeah. a margarita. Right. That Which is, that's that's so, what I did last night when I got off. I had uh, I had a couple of margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> I brought home six bottles of mezcal with me from Mexico City. Really, you bought so many. I did. I haven't did drank you one the, with me. Did you uh, you did buy one? I bought the, one or two when I was with you, and then I I was with this woman who is like the mezcal female um judge she judges mezcal and she has an organization to kind of support the very small family-owned mezcal um producers like little ones and a lot of female you know we're female she definitely does that too but um yeah i ended up buying stuff from her and um ended up using a little bit of it at the restaurant which don't don't say that on the air Sandra, don't do that. The ABC up. is listening to me. <laughs> I didn't charge anybody for it. That's even worse. You're giving away alcohol. <laughs> Shut up already. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never I, do any of those things. I'm you really kidding. do want to retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How do you guys know each other? Oh my God, Brian and I worked with each other for eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, I started off at her Italian restaurant and then moved down to the Girl in the Fig. Um, so worked there for worked at the Girl in the Fig, I think seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah, he uh, does wow. another podcast on wine with some other friends, which is awesome. And they were doing it, and then they were. You're like a year ahead of ours, I think, or eight months ahead of ours. And I'm yeah, just I like, think, yeah. we, yeah, I'm like, why aren't we doing this about food? And it's actually like one of the nicest things right now because I can see people, I can learn about them, can kind of connect with them, hear where they are, what they're doing. So it's been kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know if anybody listens. You'll have to. But, you know, <laughs> even, even if the only thing that came out of this whole thing with us doing the podcast was you meeting Amy from Wicked Slush, yeah. then, it, then it was all worth it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do, you, do you have Slurpees? Do you have Slurpees or some kind of like snow cones? Here in Israel, you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Slurpees, yeah. It's a Slurpee. So yeah, there's this company that makes, and I remember as a kid from Philadelphia, um, it was called Water Ice there. And so it's not like sherbet. It's not like sorbet. It's not like a Slurpee. It's somewhere in between. And it's like shaved have, ice with the with the with the with the flavor. No, but they, well, but they it make is, it with the flavor, so they don't yeah. pour on the flavor. It's actually made with yeah. the flavor. It's a little bit so, different. Okay. So she's got this business up in Healdsburg, and Brian said, "Oh, we have to have this woman," and so we had her. So when this whole thing started, we are doing a collaboration with her, and we are selling so many. They're called slush tails where we're putting like booze in them and people oh, are- You could put some mezcal in it and it will be the- Yeah, yeah, oh, Sandra's, been, Sandra's just been pouring free mezcal to everybody on the slush. <laughs> mezcal margarita, we do one with um, a strawberry lemonade with a habanero vodka. That is so nice. good, yeah. That sounds so, good. Yeah, I mean, when it's 90 degrees, it's like- You know what awesome. we drink here? Like for me, my summer drink, 
What? Is uh, Arak. What is that? Arak is like, uh, it's like Uzo. Uzo, I, that's what I thought it was going to okay, be. Okay, but it's like, it, it's like an anise drink. Like pastis. Uh, a little bit, yes. Not like raki. A... In Turkey, in Turkey, you have raki. It's like... Uh -huh. uh, or in Colombia, it's aguardiente. Pero is a little bit more on like you really feel that the spirit, you know. I don't know, mm -hmm. like like arak is is more like a meat flavored, mm -hmm. and so you just add a little bit of uh, well, a lot of a lot of ice. Mm -hmm. You can have it as a slurpee actually, uh, lemonade and mint. Nice. Mm. It's delicious, nice. you know. That sounds it's, really uh, good. Oof. Yeah. And when it's hot, you know, it's like this kind yeah. of drink that kind of like crunches your thirst. Yeah. And in Mexico, my favorite one when it's really hot, it's a clamato. Clamato. <laughs> yeah, really? I love tomato clamato. and oh. clam. Yeah. Oh. Like like the beer with the clamato when it's like oh, my when goodness. it's served super cold and uh -huh. so hot, I uh -huh. could drink like ten of those without even knowing. <laughs> And it messes up my stomach that. afterwards. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's very acidic, you know. Yeah. Like the, but but it's so good. Well, and what so is the? Long. Sorry, I was wondering what what is the wine scene like in Israel? I've had wines from Lebanon, um, but I don't think I've ah, ever had Israel. Israel wine is amazing. It's pretty really good. It's uh, it's a young business, but it's happening. I actually had a really good friend, and he was. He was 10 years up in Napa Valley. He studied in, in Davis. Um, and he was a sommelier in one of the, there's like a Michelin star restaurant over there. I don't remember what it's called. Um, and then he went to Champagne and then he went to Australia. He came back and now he's like the head winer of, um, of one of the biggest wineries here. And so because, you know, he's like young and hip, He's kind of like bringing that energy into this like more old-fashioned wines, you know, so it's pretty cool. Um, so it's like so the wine. scribe of Israel, Sandra. Exactly. What's his name? Guy Eshel. My friend's name is Guy Eshel and the winery is Dalton. Uh, but the, um, like, you, you know, where everywhere around the world, like natural wines is like, you know, happening yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, natural wines. So here it's not happening. Uh, <laughs> people are more like old-fashioned. You know, you're like, yeah. happening. I want, I want my know. wine to taste the same as it did yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. I, even though you know, in Mexico, I went, I had a date, and I, I and I went to a to this like hipster, like you know, natural wine bar. Somebody recommended to me, and oh my god, man, it was expensive. <laughs> like really like from like i paid like 150 dollars for a date you know it oh was like but uh, uh <laughs> it was, but it was but it was good it was it was interesting you know and some of them and well most of the wines the natural wines that i tried were mexican so mm. um that's because regular mexican wines are so and I'm not going to continue yeah. because I don't know who listens to the podcast. Um, but a lot of really good wines in Mexico are coming out of the Valley de Guadalupe, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. The oldest winery in all of the Americas is in the Valle de Guadalupe. It's uh, Casa Madero, I think. It's mm. the oldest winery. 
Um, I mean, there is a surge of like new cool like wines. I've had good Mexican wines, but Mexicans are not big wine drinkers. Right. Right. I mean, but um, here there are some good wines. You know, but I mean, you could find like real, like you know, old school, like good, you know, Cabernet, or on the white you have really nice Sauvignon. But I'm more of like a Petit Serrat, Shiraz, New World. So, but you can also find good ones. But now, yeah. now, now, forgive my total ignorance. D does do a lot of the wines? Do people want them to be kosher if they're made in Israel? Okay. Yes. So, so yes, it's a, it's an issue. Yes, a hundred percent. Listen, kosher, it's it's uh it's a captured audience already. You know, it's most of your 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 client base. Yeah. Uh, not that everybody keeps kosher. So there is a big issue with uh, kosher. You have a lot of like this micro like you know uh, wineries uh, that are they don't keep kosher. But most of them, yes, they have to be kosher. It's like a whole wow. thing, you know. So, for instance, for my friend, it was like a big thing, you know, because he really doesn't care about it. But, you know, he had to, you know, you ha you have to play uh, according Rabbi, to the rules, yeah. you know. Uh, but but there are good kosher wines. Um, my well, dad, for instance, he drinks only, like, at home, he drinks kosher wines. And he gets really nice kosher wines, so... You could find it. Well, so there's some rabbis there that aren't spending a lot of time in the synagogue. They're actually going around to different wineries and doing yeah, the. This is a whole. This is a whole different podcast, my friend. The <laughs> business of like the people that keep yeah. like the uh, the kosher like certificate. Yeah. That's a cartel, man. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's a business. So you know it's bullshit. It's, <laughs> you pay money. I mean, you got to pay some dude to come and like, just like, I don't know, man, you know, push a couple buttons and, and yeah. Yeah. Bless your wife. Just, just like, you know, like, you know, he, I mean, I've heard of some people that are cool about it, you know, that they do their job and actually are interested in the process in a restaurant or in the winery or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of them, they just come. You know, and get collect, paid. collect the check. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah. then if you don't have it, you know, they go and they like do all this like shaming, you know, and so right. uh, this whole, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. Some of the stuff here are kind of archaic, but. Uh, so what do you think? How long are you going to stay in Israel? Do you know? I'm staying here until September. Um, okay. I, have my, I have a ticket for the 24th of September. Uh, like I. Because my dad is he's, uh, celebrating uh, his 74th birthday. and uh, I was with you when you bought your mom her birthday present. You were looking for your mom. Right, right. Yeah. You know, by the way, uh, they gave it to me for free in the end. They you did? No. They did. Yeah, yeah, they gave it to me. I came back, like I went to, oh like, I, I went to the ATM to get money. And I come back and he's like, listen, you know, the owner, you know, she loves the fact that you bring all these people Aww. here. But I mean, I was like, I was so surprised. I bring people there because it's a cool shop, you know? Yeah, like, it was I buy very it. Cool. cool. shop there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, he was like, yeah, the owner, you know, she likes you. So just pick That's whatever you awesome. want. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really pretty. 
So when you go back, you'll kind of see what's happening, but you think you're going to do a ghost kitchen there? Yes. I, okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to announce it to the world. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. yeah, so what's, I'm the, what's it on called? Rosenthal's. What is it? Rosenthal's. Rosenthal's. Oh. Sounds like a yes. deli. It is a deli. We're gonna oh. make. We're gonna make uh, pastrami. Oh my god! And smoked trout. Uh, but we're gonna. We're gonna all we, we're gonna make the sandwiches, but we're also gonna sell everything apart. So you can uh, like buy our mustard, you could buy our pickles, you know, our bread. Um, so I have amazing, amazing chef friends here, people that you know have worked with Noma, El Bulli, uh, uh what is it called? Daddy Cheng's uh, restaurant, yeah. uh Momofuku. Momofuku. Uh and so they, I, I came to them and I told them, listen, and one of them, like his specialty is uh, charcuterie and like smoking and like, he, that's what he does today. Uh, he has a business, he makes amazing like sausages, like crab mm -hmm. sausages, and he sells them online. Um, so I took him and another friend of mine, another chef friend of mine, and I'm like, listen, I got two months, you got to teach me. You got to teach me. And so one of my friends, so he gave us his kitchen, his, uh, his facilities. And so now we're like in experience, like we're Rest doing experiments. Yeah. So I can go back there with like with the recipes and start, you know, doing a little bit more of like R&D and, and start. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty yeah. stoked actually. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when I was there, Again, I was like so, I was lacking this like energy, you know, creativity. I was like, I was just bumped, you know, and I came here and, you know, the sun or the beach, like, you know, it's, 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 it's working. It's working. It's yeah. magic. Oh, good. So I'm excited. Well, it's so nice to catch up with you. I know it's what? It's almost uh, midnight or after midnight? It's, uh, what is it? 11.50. 11.50. It's almost midnight. Almost thank midnight. Thank you so much for joining us. and uh, Thank you for having me. This, this, this has been fun. Yeah, it's been really good. It's nice to see your face. Yeah. Thank and you. You'll, thank um, you. Will you. Do you think you'll do the tours again, maybe? I hope so. I really yeah. hope so. I mean, It really uh, was fabulous. Yeah. I, I, I love doing it. It's, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so much fun, you know? Uh, so I hope so. But you know, by the way, I'm flying to San Francisco. What? Uh, yeah, when I come back. So I don't know. Maybe we'll arrange something. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Absolutely, very fun. Yay! Yes. And Abadan, let let people know how they can follow you on Instagram or reach out to you in some way. Ah, uh, so you could uh, find me. You could reach out uh, on Instagram. I am Taco Mench. Taco, T-A-C-O, Mensch, M-E-N-S-H, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, C-H, and then uh, Airbnb, that's where uh, you can find my tours. Is uh, it it's like a local by the Taco Mensch. Of course, yes, okay. I opened up dates from October, so okay. it's easy to go. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. 
So uh, thank you for having me again. Uh, yeah. Fun. And I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm your friend that's working at the winery. I'm gonna shoot you an email, and if you ask him if he'd be willing to come onto a podcast yeah. from the United States and talk about wine, I think that would be super sure. cool to talk to someone that's making wine in in of Israel. Of be, course. That'd be Send great. Send me an email, and and I'll connect between you guys. Okay. Awesome. awesome. All right, you guys. If you want to check thank out our so past, uh, thank you. And past episodes, you can go to the bike goes on. You can also hit us up on the Insta at Bite Talk. Uh, find us at uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Himalaya, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, um, and Apple uh, as well. And uh, leave us a review. And uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you all out there. We miss you. We miss everyone. That's right. Uh, everyone stay safe. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye.